Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That was a microphone check, one, two. What is this? Hello and welcome to another episode of SyrupCast. My name is Daniel Bader and this is the 50th episode of Canada's Best Mobile Tech Podcast. As always, I'm joined by Douglas Soltis, who is wearing a particularly fine plaid shirt today. What is, uh, what's that underneath? Spose. Oh yeah, repping the Spose. That's Expose for anybody who does not live in or did not live in Montreal during the baseball team's height. Uh, as always this week, we're going to start with a little bit of sportsy sports. David Price pitched against the Rangers last night and dominated. Um, did you see it? No, I don't watch baseball, but I'm excited when they win. So it's cool. I can just use the score mobile app and they're like, Hey, Jay's won again. And I'm like, sweet, but baseball's boring. So you use the sport, the score over like the Sportsnet app or, um, you know, ESPN or one Hells of those. Yeah. Um, so I will I will check ESPN sometimes for, like, standings quickly, but a lot of that stuff's just in the score app now. And uh, I generally use the score app during the NBA season to track specific team and player news. So I just I just go in there. I don't, I don't need a – yeah, I guess I, I prefer the score over, like, a Sportsnet app or something like that. I agree. I mean, I, I think part of it is a little – bit of patriotism but it wouldn't be it's easy to say that um it would be less easy to say that if the score app sucked but it really doesn't like it keeps up with the espn app um basically play by play like not literally play by play but like every time there's a a big update for the espn app the score is right there or even you know they're they're iterating earlier um it's a really great success story from a canadian company so it's nice to see them doing well. Well, honestly, and I, I see it like if I were to download an ESPN or a Sportsnet app, I think I would be doing that to be really interested in the content that they're producing. So like news and articles about sports. I really see the score as my app for tracking just like the basic information of what happened. Like so, so like scores, team scores. And then, you know, the way that they do their kind of micro-content news, it's usually just like, you know, this person's been traded, this happened, and I, I can, you know, if I want to deep dive on sports content, I'll hit ESPN or whatever via For my browser. Land. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I use it very much just to track the, the the base kind of stats and whatnot. Yeah, it's interesting. They do a great job with that, and they've recently – entered a new market with the eSports app, and they're mm. tracking Dota 2 and StarCraft 2 and uh, Counter-Strike and, you know, probably, like, Warcraft, if that's still a thing. I don't even know anymore. StarCraft if, uh, is still a thing. Oh, yeah, no, sure. StarCraft 2 is a huge thing. 
one of our new writers, Patrick O'Rourke, who's starting next week, he's a big gamer, so he's going to have to school us on this uh, eSports stuff. And a former Mobile Syrup contributor um, is part of the eSports team. And uh, the, um, <laughs> I knew that you were going to ask that. And because I'm nervous and I hate names, uh, <laughs> Matthew, uh, somebody. Oh, my God. I'm the worst person. I can't say things like that and then not follow up with actual content. From yeah, man. Mouth. Sorry. I didn't mean to leave you hanging there. But Matthew no, somebody okay. has always been one of our best contributors. Yeah, m- one of my best friends, Matthew somebody, um, is uh, running up that team. So uh, I'll have I'll have his last name for you at the end of the show. Just you know, leave you hanging there. Yeah, special um, treat. <laughs> special treat for all you dedicated hardcore listeners. But let's um, let's get into some uh, mobile news. So this week was a busy one from the carrier perspective. And this morning actually was one of the more interesting announcements from a regional carrier, a regional Quebec carrier, Videotron. So Videotron, not a small carrier by any means. They have uh, around 800,000 or 700,000 customers, but they're owned by Quebecor, and Quebecor mm-hmm. is a media monolithonstrosity. Um, and they um, recently purchased the uh the what's it called post media newspapers and they've been doing a lot of consolidating in the media industry but uh, videotron has been quietly taking over quebec and starting uh, a bit of a price war in quebec and their latest feature is something that most canadian carriers are going to be looking out for if not for their own purposes, then just to see how the Canadian regulator responds. So it's called Unlimited Music. And essentially what it allows you to do is stream as much over LTE from a bunch of music streaming services like RDO, Spotify, Google Play Music, and uh, Stingray, Stingray Mobile, which used to be called Galaxy. And it doesn't count towards your data caps. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's because T-Mobile did that with Music Freedom mm-hmm. last November. But there are a couple of differences. So we'll get into that in a second. But first, what do you think, Douglas? Does this strike you as a reason to switch over to uh, Videotron if you're a heavy music listener, or is this just kind of a, a an added bonus? Well, it was interesting because before you said the T-Mobile, I thought you were actually going to drop. It sounds a lot like what uh, I think Bell was doing with the streaming of like their media content right yeah right so what's really interesting about that is and i wrote about this in the article the big difference there is that bell and even videotron were prevented from uh doing their own um their own sort of pro zero rating of media content Uh, but that was because they were they ran the actual services. It was their own apps that they were zero rating. So mm-hmm. on Bell Mobile TV, not only did they own the content in, for some uh, cases, but they own the uh, channel. They own the channel, and uh, they own the distribution. With this, Videotron is merely exempting the traffic over a number of services in which they have no financial stake. 
and they have no control over the content or distribution. They're just basically saying, hey, we're, we're going to be subsidizing your usage. We're just going to eat up the cost of, of mm-hmm. whatever music you're going to be listening to. The problem is that this doesn't apply to every single streaming service. This applies to only four or five of them right now, which is a big issue when um, you know smaller companies don't have you know haven't uh, reached an agreement with uh, Videotron and do, or don't want to participate in it. Yeah, well, so it's it's so to the your point with the television thing and why it kicked off with me is is the idea that it, it is. Not the exact same conflict of interest, but a similar one where you have certain services, whether they're owned by Videotron or not, being prioritized over other ones. This isn't, you know, whatever you're streaming will support it. It's like, here are our streaming partners and we won't charge you for these, which, you know, they might not own that, but I'm sure there's some sort of reciprocal financial relationship or strategic benefit there, which might file, fall under the CRTC's kind of like purview or guidelines for regulating and nixing this, right? Because um, it would be a great and amazing thing if Videotron just said, hey, we know you kids love the streamins, and we know how quickly the streamins can add up on your monthly data bill. I know that just from, you know, using Apple Music twice while going for a run. Uh, good Lord. Um, but, you know, we're just going to eat this because you kids... Kids love it, and we don't want it to hit your data, um, which also fundamentally proves that like data prices and caps are just like a mythological thing that are completely dependent upon the whims of a carrier. But with this, it's more they're driving people towards specific services. Or you know, you might see if, um, as you're saying in Quebec, um, if Videotron's instituting a price war, we're already seeing at a national level, you know, Rogers and Bell like a service war or a value-added service war. So everyone's going to have to pick their like portfolio of like, well, I really like streaming with this thing, but then I also like HBO, and now uh, Show Me's National. Like, you know, like you have to pick your portfolio of things that you want to consume content on and then choose your uh, carrier. Right, so, I mean, we've established that Roger's wouldn't be able to get away with exempting Crave TV or Show Me. Um, but what's interesting is that technically, well, I mean, technically this could happen with streaming video. It's just that it's much more bandwidth intensive. But say Rogers wanted to, you know, say TELUS, you know, which has no financial um, play in, you know, either of the Canadian, big Canadian streaming companies, namely Crave and, uh, and Show Me. What if TELUS decided to say, Hey guys, uh, we'll exempt Netflix streaming from your smartphone or tablet as long as you don't go over like a billion gigabytes per month. Yeah, that's clearly not going to happen. But this is, you know, this is um, well, a similar type of offer, and it's not too dissimilar from what te- uh, from what uh, Bell and Videotron were doing with their streaming TV. It's just that the zero rating was found to be um, causing undue preference because it was their own services. So the CRTC didn't necessarily have an issue with the zero rating on its own. It's that it was zero rating for uh, by preferencing its own services. So we've spoken about this on the pod before. And 
it's you know it's it's never cut and dry with the CRTC. They've come back and they've made changes and they've they've basically promised to do something and then gone back on it or they've they've altered their you know existing uh, decisions. Yeah. So, in, well, but they made it very clear. Well, they made it very clear at that time, but I, again, I feel like this is another opportunity for them to investigate and say, well, you know, before we said it was because it was owned, but we see that there is still uh, a conflict if it's, you know, like I could tell they can, they're, they're the regulating body, right? With a, a fair amount of executive oversight. So I, I could see this being another, like we in three months, we could be talking about how Videotron had to had to change just because the CRTC decided that this was also out of bounds. And I and in a certain way, like if you're gonna, I, I'm not really sure what the structural arrangement is of why specific partners there's no cost over others. Maybe it's in terms of like being able to track and control the data usage or whatever, um, or track and monitor. Um, but it, it, if you're gonna do it for some streaming music services, why not just do it for all of them? So that's. That's the other thing. You know, this the, the big omission here is Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Videotron offers the iPhone legally. I mean, unlike Wind, they have a deal with Apple to sell the iPhone 6, 6 Plus, 5S, 5C, whatever. They are a partner of Apple's. Why isn't Apple Music part of that? Well, it took T-Mobile about a month to negotiate a deal with Apple Music after the service became available. So mm-hmm. clearly... Videotron has Apple Music in its sites. But what's interesting is that smaller streaming music services don't participate here. Popular kind of terrestrial radio consolidators like TuneIn Radio or SiriusXM aren't a part of this service. And the other major omission that I you know, see as you know, a personal affront to my listening habits is podcasts and audiobooks. You know, why are those not – I mean, obviously they're much smaller, but say – you know, like a podcast, for example, if they if they exempted Pocket Casts, which is a multi-platform pocket um, podcast app available for iOS, Android, and Windows Phone, if they exempted the the bandwidth that you know I often I often forget to download a podcast before I leave home, and podcasts are fifty to seventy-five megabytes in some cases, mm-hmm. so that's an entire album. Why is it? Well, so yeah, but what we're getting into here is probably the difficulty of uh, there's there's setting a policy and then there's kind of enforcing it or bringing it into effect, right? So, um, and I think your point with T-Mobile and Apple Music is is well taken. Is that like it? It probably takes. Um, I think as long as Videotron would demonstrate an intent to continuously be adding services as they come in, um, then they're probably going to stay in the CRTC's good graces because. It, pr- it probably requires an agreement or some sort of setup to know that uh, this data being used falls under their guidelines, right? Otherwise, they're just agnostically looking at it, right? And the difficulty with something like podcasts or audiobooks is, you know, there's, you know, a streaming service is the gateway to all the music being streamed on it. But podcasts and audiobooks, there are a multitude more gateways for that type of content. Uh, compared to streaming music services, either just you know doing it directly through the the web, through specific apps, again through Apple. Um, so it's it's kind of a nightmare scenario of saying if they came out and said all streaming podcasts and audiobooks will not count against. 
is there's no de facto way of, of consuming that content on mobile. Uh, so they, unless they can capture a, a wide swath of that to know that it's streaming, they just have a lot of really upset consumers saying, oh, hey, well, I just go directly to uh, the Nerdist website and I stream it from there in my web browser and I still got caught, you know, the data hit. Why, why, you know, you said all podcast is free, but from the carrier's perspective, it was just data coming in through a Safari browser. Like, how right. are they supposed to track but, that? So, I mean, that, that exposes the inherent issue with a deal like this and, and a policy like this is that it preferences closed systems, right? The podcast mm-hmm. is essentially just an MP3 with an RSS feed that has multiple distribution and, you know, entry and exit points. The difference is that they could never do this with a more open service like 7Digital because then you download MP3s and you can put them anywhere. Well, not even – I think even more broadly than that, you're talking about RSS feeds and things like that. A a podcast is just like a digitally distributed piece of audio or video content. So how do you you track that? It could be one of many things. I mean the the definition of podcast. But what I'm saying is that this kind of deal reinforces the status quo of closed ecosystems where – you know, you're getting exempted traffic from a closed ecosystem like Spotify, but Spotify is not just a music streaming service. I mean, if you if you recall earlier this summer, Questlove was live uh, <laughs> periscoping the announcement of the fact that Spotify was expanding beyond music, that it was going to be offering original video content, music videos, mm-hmm. podcasts, audio well, Apple Apple Music is right? the same thing, right? So, and, you know... If one remembers so, Questlove. But yeah, so I, and I think this is, goes back to my point of like the CRTC using this as an opportunity to um, expand the boundaries of their previous decisions is that in the previous case with, with Bell and the TV issue, it was obviously an explicit um, conflict of interest or uh, prioritization. And here it's almost like an un- unintentional or implicit one just because of like the practical realities or the convenience of choosing a few major partners over. Um, the distributed web. Um, right. But then you're... so. But again, we're, we're coming back to that to that main entry point. Mm-hmm. This is a, a closed deal between Videotron and, um, and its music partners. So, for example, if you look at some other similar offerings in the Canadian mobile space... Fido offers two years of free Spotify mm-hmm. with each uh, two-year contract sign-up. So if you buy a phone and you get a two-year contract on Fido, you get two years of Spotify for free. That's them essentially saying, we're not going to exempt the traffic. They, we, don't, we don't do that. We're just giving you two years mm-hmm. of free service. We're not streaming it. You know, we're not... Uh, we're basically just paying for it. It's like a gift certificate. Yeah. Whereas this is the opposite. Yeah. RDO and Spotify is not free for video, uh, for music unlimited serve, um, for unlimited music customers. You still have to pay the $10 a month. So it's, it's them saying, okay, well, we're not making the decision for you. Uh, you can still choose from, you know, a variety of your favorites, but you know, Oh, by the way, um, Apple music, once that is no longer in, uh, in trial, we're not going to pay for that. We're we're going to make you deal with that on your own. Yeah, well, um, it's it's the difficulties when when dumb pipes try to be smart and how hard it is to be um, consistently smart. And the the Fido example is the the classic 
sign up with us and we'll give you a free toaster or an iPad. And what Videotron's trying to do is like, we're going to give you this toaster. You got to pay for it. But then all the toast you make with it is totally free. But we have to track all the different types of bread that you make. Maybe today you want pumpernickel. Maybe today you That's want a rye. Very, very elaborate. But and confusing analogy. It is, and and hence my point that uh, you know this is interesting. But wouldn't it just be easier if, like, you just approached it a, a different way, or just said, you know, we think, we think data should be cheap and easy to use, no matter how you use it. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, what's funny about this is that wind or Mobilicity couldn't do something like this because they offer unlimited bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Their whole smartphone plan ecosystem revolves around unlimited. Well, unlimited to so, a point, right? Unlimited but that's, and then speed. But that's the other thing here. So I was talking to a, a, an unnamed industry analyst earlier today <laughs> about this Videotron um, deal, and what he said was that he discovered in the fine print of T-Mobile's music freedom plan is that they exempt the music freedom listening from data overages. So T-Mobile also doesn't actually have set um, data limits. They, they ha- all have unlimited. And then after whatever you pay for, they throttle you. So mm-hmm. uh, for example, if you pay for six gigs at LTE speeds, that's what you get. And then afterwards, instead of charging you $5 per, you know, a t- hundred megs at, LTE speeds like Rogers Bell and Telus, they'll just throttle you down to 2G speeds. But they don't do that for music. So if you're, you know, you can surf the internet at like disgustingly slow speeds and then open up RDO and stream like nothing's changed. Playing those block so rock and beats. Well, no, that, and, it, and, and part of it is like. Hang on, hang on one second. So that he says, if, if Videotron decided to do that, that would be double preference, which would be a contravention of the CRTC's net neutrality rules, because then that would be giving undue preference to customers on those specific uh, services. Totally. Because instead of exempting the traffic, you're exempting the traffic and you're forgiving overages. Yeah, and I and you know you you give me uh, you give me guff all the time for um, citing or supposing evil conspiracies, and I think a lot of this stuff when you come to the the uh, fine text kind of policy, like that, that decision is probably just like, ah, and we'll just, we'll write this off. It's a nice to have. We'll, we'll do a good thing, but it creates all these weird conflicting scenarios where, you know, data isn't equal. Uh, and the, the ways that you use data mean different things, which is, is, can be really, really messy. Totally. And that's the other thing, too, is that you're defining, you're, you're labeling music as a separate type of traffic, as a, mm-hmm. as a you're, you're separating the service um, that you're using on the internet. So, and it goes back to the podcast point, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that they're exempting music. They're exempting these apps, anything that's coming out of these apps, because clearly, when you yeah. get into the fine print of Sp- something like Spotify, they're not going to care, or I doubt that they can even tell the difference between video traffic from Spotify and music traffic from Spotify. If you're watching a music video, or, you know, Tidal makes a big deal about its enormous music video collection. If, the, if, if Tidal joins the list and Videotron starts trying to distinguish between, 
you watching a Beyonce music video and listening to a Beyonce album, yeah. then that's going to get really slippery. Well, and that's where the requirements of the agreements probably come into place because the, the agreement probably comes with some sort of like um, tracking option so they can say, they can report in what's being watched, right? Um, but yeah, this is like, you know, why, why do I want my, my carrier, my distributor of information to have a hand in the, the types of information and content I'm consuming? Like, like, uh, just, you know, Hey, we're going to play this TV show at regular speed and, but this TV shows at, uh, slow speed and this TV show, you have to wait an extra 20 minutes to get. And this one's in HD because we like it. You know, that it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. It is ridiculous, but it's also one of those realities where the the actual network and the price plans themselves have become, if not commoditized, then equalized, right? So in Quebec, <laughs> Rogers Certainly Bell haven't become Tellis, commoditized. Sorry? They haven't become commoditized. They're not getting any cheaper. Well, no. Commoditization doesn't necessarily mean that something is getting cheaper. Commoditization means that the distinguishing factors are diminishing. So when you're looking at something like um, a Videotron in Quebec, they are bringing – their market forces are bringing down the price of wireless, but only by a certain percentage. And then Rogers, Bell, and Telus are – dropping to match that uh whereas in saskatchewan and manitoba the regional carriers mts and sastel are the incumbents and they essentially run the show there and rogers bell and Telus are acting in many ways like new entrants right so they're trying to give themselves the same um that same sort of scrappy startup mm-hmm. mentality in those two provinces. And in Quebec, they're just merely dropping their prices in order to compete better with this like really scrappy new entrance. So they're in different positions in different provinces. And in Ontario, the big three are basically just r- rulers like despots. They, they say what goes because they can ignore wind and what wind does doesn't matter to their bottom line. So it's very interesting because the fact that Videotron, the regional carrier in Quebec, did this first means that it's possible Rogers, Bell, and Telus may just match them in Quebec and not care about what happens elsewhere. Yeah. They may just say, okay, fine, if you're doing this in Quebec, we'll do it as well, and uh, anybody else in Canada can suck a duck. Yeah, So, and then back to my point of it not being a commodity because – regardless of the price dropping or not the the experience or the consumption of a commodity is generally unilateral where this is like service agreement based and therefore more price controlled like the fact that you know uh a widget in new brunswick is the same price um like tariffs or whatever aside as a as a widget in uh British Columbia, but you know, service agreements for data are not. Okay, I get that. Except for the most part, you're like a commo- like oil. Gas is a commodity, right? Oil is a commodity, 
and the market dictates its price. Mm -hmm. And when we when we refer to oil as a commodity, um, you know, it doesn't mean necessarily that it, you know, because there's a greater distribution of it that it necessarily needs to be cheaper. It just means that the um, market controls the cost, and any new player with the infrastructure can buy it, and then try to sell it um, and and make money from it. So similarly, I mean, um, you know, the wireless infrastructure in Canada is not it's not uh, welcoming to these kinds of MVNOs that the U.S. and Europe is. So now, right? wait, aren't you making my point for me now? I don't, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that we were just saying the same thing in different language. Yeah. Um, also, was, we're getting really close to comparing like the Canadian wireless industry, industry to a cartel. <laughs> but it is in some ways. And it's always, like, it's been acknowledged that, you know, if it's not a cartel, then it's, it's some sort of a, an oligopoly. And um, the only, only places in the country that that oligopoly is challenged is Saskatchewan. Oh, sorry. Saskatchewan and Manitoba. <laughs> and that's because there are four viable players in those markets. Yep. What's interesting is that inevitably, and you can see this happening, wind is preparing itself to be the same kind of disruptor in Ontario as Videotron has been in Quebec. And we'll talk about that next because what they're doing right now is really, really interesting. Segway. 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 So this, this is where you segue. I have no idea what you're going to say. Oh, I thought that was just like our segue music. Oh, yeah. This segue brought to you by cartels. <laughs> um, so, oh, by the way, there's this new, like, documentary. It's a parody of um, other documentaries by uh, Bill Hader and Ron Armisen, I Ooh. think, uh, from Portlandia. And, Fred and Jack Black. And it's called um, Documentary Now. And what they did was they... they basically just created a bunch of short docs that parody the styles of other docs. So the first one actually takes on Vice Media's documentary style. Mm. And um, it goes into Mexico, and it, it shows Bill Hader and... Um, uh, it's not Ron Armisen, is it? Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. And they go and they try to find this cartel leader named El Chingon, and they basically just parody what vice does like they walk through a bunch of really beaten up cities and they go have you seen the el chingon have you seen the el chingon do you know where we can find the el chingon and it's like it's so good it's so good just look it up it's called documentary now so uh that segue was brought to you by my inability to tell stories <laughs> brought to you by uh, documentary now win mobile uh, launched two new I, not services, but um, initiatives over the weekend. One of them is good, and <laughs> one of them not so good. So what they did was Wind is moving towards a financing plan and a financing model for their smartphones. So the way that uh, things work now at the big three, if you buy a phone on a two-year contract, by the CRTC's rules, you are required to pay that phone off after two years. If you stick to that 24-month plan, after that, after 24 months, you can walk away, your phone is paid for, and we're all good. Mm -hmm. The thing is that phones are expensive and that the carriers have agreed that for premium phones, a $500 subsidy is about all they can afford. So 
if you look at these expensive new phones like the Galaxy Note 5, it's an $860 phone. You spent $360 up front. There's a $500 subsidy. After two years, as long as you stick to that plan, it's all good. You can walk away. No, um, no extra fees. But that subsidy is essentially built into your monthly plan. So it's not like you're paying extra for the phone every month, but you're paying more for your plan than you would at another carrier or a flanker brand like Fido. The way Wind has transitioned is that they offer two different options. They offer a small subsidy, similar to Rogers, Bell & Telus, and they also offer financing plans. So until a few days ago, they were offering $150 in subsidy for all of their phones. So that $860 um, Galaxy Note 5, you would spend $710 on uh, upfront, and then over two years, you would uh, get that $150 essentially for free. But that allows them to keep their prices really low so that they can only charge you $35 to $40 a month uh, for your service plan. Mm -hmm. and that includes unlimited call, text, data, whatever. Now they've decided to lower that amount to $100. So that means that that $860 Galaxy Note 5 now costs $760 up front, and you then get $100 of subsidy that is uh, that is essentially forgiven over two years. So did the, the price plan change? No. So the price plan didn't change, and, and a Win representative told us the reason they did that was to keep prices low, that they really don't make money from their hardware and that they need to, to lower the amount of subsidy that they give you so that they can keep their prices low, their actual monthly price plans low. So didn't, but they just took $50 from you. They took $50 and they said, instead of increasing our monthly plans by 5 or $10, which would over two years cost you an extra two, $300. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're going to take away $50 from the amount that we give you up front and allow you to continue paying 35 to $40 a month. Well, did they explain why they wanted to take away $50 in the first place? Like, is this... Yes, and that is because of bring your own devices. So what they're doing is they're, they're saying, we're having a lot of people coming to win with their own devices, and we're giving you $150 in credit. So they're incentivizing people to bring their own BYOD, to, to bring their own phone. Uh, so they're saying, we're going to give you $150 in service credit over the course of two years if you bring your own device. So say you, you buy a Nexus 5 or uh, OnePlus 2, and you bring it to wind, they'll give you $150 in service credit over two years. So it's equally paid out every month over two years as long as you're there for, I think, three months. So, so, it, so take, take the same phone yep. bought through them or bought... Yep straight up by yourself from the OEM unlocked yep. and then brought, they're going to charge you $50 more if you buy it from them. 
they're not going to charge you $50 more. They're going to forgive $50 less. Okay. Um, that money that they're giving you is a subsidy, so they don't have to give it to you at all. What they're doing is they're incentivizing you to buy a phone through them. But now the people are, on wind in particular, are not really buying that many phones at that cost. They're making it, they're incentivizing people to buy their own phones first. Okay, so basically they are, to keep overhead low, they are trying to reduce their inventory or their inventory requirements. So they're incentivizing you doing the device buying yourself so they don't have to deal with it. Correct. Great. Totally fine. So what this is doing is it's essentially exposing the true price of really high-end smartphones. The other thing that they've done is they say, okay, we'll allow you to buy this phone for $250. This $850 phone, you can buy it from us for $250 today. But instead of giving you any subsidy, we'll just let you pay it back in equal installments over two years. So instead of spending $35 a month on your plan, you're adding on an equally amortized portion of that phone over two years to your monthly plan. So a $600 difference between the amount that they're charging you up front and the cost of the phone, you break that up into 24 chunks and you add that on to every month, uh, to your plan every month. How is this any different other than That's a higher a financing monthly cost? Plan. So that is essentially allowing you to buy the phone for less upfront and paying it back interest-free over two years. Mm, it's an okay. interest-free loan as opposed to a subsidy, right? Because a subsidy is essentially the carrier incentivizing you it's an inducement. It's, it's it, literally an inducement. It's a way for the carrier to say, we want you to buy this phone from us, and we will give you this phone for less, give it to you for less, because a subsidy means that you don't actually pay that amount back if you sign a contract. Wind, with its, with its plans that, don't, that cost like a third or a quarter of what Rogers, Bell, and Telus' plans cost, can't afford that because they're... Their ARPU, their average revenue per user, is a quarter to a half of what Rogers Bell and Telus's is. Wait, so I'm confused. So they have two options, one in which they basically don't want you to buy the phone from them, and then one in which they definitely want you to buy the phone from them, but you pay more per month over two years. Yeah, but they're not giving you any of that subsidy. Oh, so, so the there's financing, sorry, the financing. There's no subsidy to it at there's all. There's no subsidy within the financing. So that's oh. like again, what we're talking that eight hundred and fifty dollar phone. Uh, you can you can spend two hundred and fifty dollars up front. That's the only way to get it for less, right? It's basically like a, it's it's an interest free lease essentially. Um, this, this is why people so hate carriers because my head physically. This is my job, and it my head hurts, and I want to just like go lie down. It actually – so I'll tell you this. Once I figured out what Wind was doing here and I, I sat down and looked at it and it made sense in my mind, it was like a weight had been lifted from my shoulders. Yeah. Because it took me a while and I do this every day. Like you – like your job is you live in the startup world. 
you talk to founders, you write really cool shit about, you know, great startups and Canadian companies. You're totally forgiven for not understanding this. I literally spend eight hours a day on companies <laughs> like Wynn's website looking at this, no, going, but, I don't get it. But that's my point because this the average customer, like, like this, I feel like I could buy a car right now online with less complexity than figuring out my phone plan. So, but, okay, so... You said you kicked all this off, having now figured it out and outlaid the two options. So, like, basically, uh, if you have money up front, just buy your own phone, bring it to us, and get a hundred fifty dollars subsidy. Or if you don't have, you know, six hundred to eight hundred dollars, get this phone and just pay more per month over the course yeah, of two years. Exactly, you but pay with it back every month, but with no subsidy. Exactly. Um, Doesn't that make sense? I guess. I guess the thing is, if if I basically they're punishing customers, or sorry, basically they're pushing the cost of having to have inventory down on the customer in two ways. Either we're gonna. Uh, not give you back 50 bucks if you buy the phone up front from us or if you can't buy the phone at all and we have to eat the cost uh, or pay it back slowly over time, we're not going to... Like, is doesn't that plan kind of suck compared to, uh, say, a Rogers, Bell, or Telus plan where if you don't have the money for the phone, you're just in a like a two-year agreement and you're kind of paying it off anyways and the price... Like, what's the price difference between, say, the typical big three carrier plan where you don't pay for the phone up front and this win plan where you don't pay for the phone up front, but you don't get a subsidy? Well, that's what I just said. It's a whole lot less. Wind over – okay, so here's here's the reality, and that's something that I think the carriers, the big three, have successfully obfuscated over the course of two years since the two-year contracts launched. Mm-hmm. The cost of ownership – for a smartphone at Rogers Bell and Telus is still much higher within like the thousands of dollars because if I spend eight hundred dollars up front on a phone mm-hmm. and then I only spend thirty five dollars a month uh, for two years on my on my plan, the total cost of ownership is eight hundred and sixty plus bracket thirty five times twenty four bracket equals right yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas with rogers it's two hundred and fifty plus 105 times 24, you know, plus bracket 105 times 24 bracket equals, which is far more because the amount of money you're spending on your contract, on your plan every month, equals over 24 months gotcha. to be like twice as much. So th- that's cases. the answer I was looking for. So the, the, the delta still between the wind monthly price in this new financing model and the typical big three monthly price is still gargantuan. Totally, and there's a there are hybrid models. So, for example, Videotron says uh, we'll we'll give you this phone for a uh, hundred dollars on a two year contract if you spend seventy five dollars on a plan. Mm-hmm. But if you spend fifty five dollars on a plan, we'll give it to you for three hundred. And if you spend thirty five dollars on a plan, we'll give it to you for five hundred. So what they're doing is they're basically saying 
you have a choice. You can spend uh, you can spend less upfront for the phone as long as you spend more per month on your plan. Gotcha. So I have two questions. With the um, buying the device upfront and BYOD thing, are, is Wind letting customers know that if they buy the device on their own and bring it, they'll save 50 bucks? Because if they're not, they should. And then when it comes to this new financing model, um, is there a limitation on, like, is it only for specific devices or is it for all devices? Well, it's it's for all devices. It just depends on the on the actual cost of the phone. So, yeah, you, know, you and I have totally. been talking a lot about the Note Five, which is an eight hundred and sixty dollars phone. But the same thing applies to the Moto G. But the Moto G is a two hundred dollars phone. So that that whole argument about having to decide whether you want to pay it off immediately or over two years doesn't necessarily apply to um a phone like the moto g because it'll be zero dollars yeah like basically you can choose then okay (laughs) i can spend a hundred dollars up front and get it uh and and then have them forgive a hundred dollars over two years or i could spend two hundred dollars up front and um you know just miss out on that or i could get it on a you know some sort of a financing plan and spend zero dollars up front and then pay like seven dollars a month over two years or whatever it totally costs. so uh my expectation with this then is this is a plan that mobile syrup readers should really love as wind looks to become a true national carrier right because this is basically well, the counterpoint to the big three model totally it, it's exactly what it is. So what are, the, what, are, what are the readers saying? What's the, what's the hype check on, in, the, in the comments? But this isn't, this isn't a particular wind plan. This is just a change to wind policy. So that's, I mean, that's the big difference here. Oh, sorry, sorry. Is that, this is replacing the, the, the prior um, 150 back model? I thought, I thought you were saying that they were offering these two in conjunction. Well, they're offering $150 in credit for... Bring your, for bringing your own device. And previously, they were offering $150 for subsidy as well. Gotcha. That $50 has now been removed. So it's now $100 for a subsidy, mm-hmm. but that $150 in service credit for bringing your own device still stands. So they're basically telling you that there is now a quantitative difference in the value of bringing your own device over buying it from us. Gotcha. Which is which alludes to the the things you said it costs them money for inventory it costs them money to buy the devices from the manufacturers because they're not making any money from these devices mm-hmm. i assume that a galaxy note 5 that they're selling for $960 you know which is 860 on on a, a with with the wind tab is costing them like 950 yeah. like their margins are $0 basically totally um and and i i get this it's it's very interesting like it's as much as people might say like, oh man, I got to buy, I buy it from them and I got to pay $50 more. It's like a weird, like reverse corking fee. <laughs> like you bring your own, you bring your own bottle of wine and, uh, end up not paying. Uh, yep. but I wonder if it's something that wind can get away with. Cause like all carriers hate holding inventory, like the physical act of like ordering a, a quantity of phones, figuring out how many to buy, having to store those, setting a certain price, it sucks. They don't want to do it. They don't want to be in that business. They want to be in, like, the plans and services business. It's just, like, kind of 
you know, a reality of being in, in the, the telecom industry. So for Wynn to just say, we're super going to promote you bringing your own device because we hate this. We're kind of passing on a cost or a subsidy to you, but it keeps our, our plans gentle in the way that the big three aren't uh, is, is a very direct and upfront. Um, so, but there's also a reality that we have to take into account here. The flanker brands like uh, Fido, Virgin, and Kudo have already done this. Mm-hmm. So they offer subsidies at the, for the, their more, more expensive plans, but they are heavily incentivizing bringing your own device with their more mid-range plans. And they got a, they, they've basically done away with subsidies entirely. So they'll allow you to bring your own phone for a significant discount. I think it's like 15 bucks a month. Or you can get up to $360 in financing credit that you pay back per month. So here's like, here's this phone, $860, right? I can choose how much of that $360 I want to, um, to, to save up front. So I could save that entire 360 or I could save 200 or whatever you choose. And then the difference you pay back along with your plan every month for two years. Now, is that so it's, with, a, it's the same financing model. Is that tied to specific phone tiers, or is it as open-ended as Win generally is? Well, I think the um, I think it is. It does apply to certain phone tiers, and I would have to look at the specific devices. But I'm guessing that the more expensive the phone, the less subsidy they want to give you. Yeah, I mean, it it, it, does, it shouldn't matter, right? Because if there's a phone for three hundred and sixty dollars outright. You can get it for free, and just pay back the difference over two hundred over two years. Yeah. Or if it's an eight hundred sixty dollars phone, you can get it for five hundred and then pay back the difference over no. two years. Yeah, and that's but they've it. determined that that three hundred sixty dollars is as much as they can spare in terms of upfront financing for you. Well, as much since it's an interest for your loan. As as much as they can spare, considering that these are flanker brands targeting a specific demographic. Um annexed from their parent corporation's target demographic, right? Where wind is more like we don't explicitly demarcate our customer base that way. We just generally appeal to a certain audience who doesn't want to pay a lot for phone stuff. Um, So I think what would be really cool is coming into the fall time now that all these phones are getting announced and we'll, you know, people will be waiting if they're smart until September or maybe early October to buy their their next new hotness because they'll have seen all the all the announcements and what's available to do like a customer experience kind of narrative and say, okay, so these are the four phones that we think everyone's gonna want <laughs> this this fall Christmas. Here's here's your options if you go to this carrier, this carrier, or this carrier in terms of plans to show the difference because unless you get like doing unless you're doing what we're doing right now and not just taking the pricing and the options in the context of one carrier but in relation to the others you can really get lost uh amongst the trees of their own internal mechanisms or narrative when like your your point of like yeah so this is very different for wind but like two doors over on carrier street you'd be paying so much more. I think 
is is really useful for consumers to understand. You know, and I, and I ne- totally network agree. coverage and speeds aside, right? And and that's because, as I said, it's it's. I mean, wind has a very different network, and wind's network is still seriously inferior to the big three. They don't have LTE. They don't offer even high speed HSPA plus. Their mm-hmm. their um, coverage is pretty bad. And our friend uh, Peter Nowak wrote an editorial this week or last week that got uh, was was Woo! I think unfairly misinterpreted as being um, classist or or a d- discriminatory against people who can't afford the big three. I don't think. And and I, if you haven't read the piece, basically what it says is that he was unhappy with the service from the big three. He was unhappy paying as much as he was for a monthly service. So he tried WinMobile. He transferred his number over. He tried it for a few weeks, uh, for a few months, rather, and he, he just couldn't uh, get used to the, the worst service in and around Toronto. But what he implies is that it that Wind is sort of marketing itself as a discount carrier, as a way for people with low incomes to um, buy their first smartphone and get inexpensive mm-hmm. service. And that as long as you can afford better, you should go with the big three. Now, that's the we, – we've heard from a lot of people, both publicly and privately, that that was what they took away from the piece. I think that is absolutely being misconstrued and that Peter is being unfairly criticized for this because not he's not saying that um, qualitatively – uh, wind is um, he's saying he's not saying that quantitatively wind is worse in the sense that for the price wind is uh, not good value because it is I mean it's it's you know it's if, if that's something that you want and you can't afford um, the, to spend you know a lot of money on a low data um, monthly plan from Rogers Bell or Telus then wind is a viable option but I think the crux of his argument was that if you have a choice, if money isn't an issue or as much of an issue, then you shouldn't go with wind at this point. Um, you know, again, that's freely open to interpretation, but I think that he was being unfairly targeted as being discriminatory against people with low incomes. Yeah, totally. And I, and I, I think it's not only is money, like, obviously it's, it's and it's, I think it's being overlooked because it's almost um, so obvious that it, it's it can be overlooked in the in the in the sense that like unless you have a specific use case um where the the limitations of wind will not affect you so say so say you're a person that lives in an area of good wind coverage or you're the type of person that basically goes every day um from home to work where there's going to be wi-fi at both so the the coverage doesn't matter and you're not a person that does a lot of like calling or uh, travel, or you, d- you just don't have to worry about being in like a wind dead zone or worrying about the speed or stuff like that. Um, the 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 peace of mind that comes from like there's a reason why I am on Rogers as well, right? Where like in my in my business and my profession, d- despite um, how much I you know, whether or not I have the money to like afford certain price points, I basically need, uh, the ubiquity and the trust of this thing is going to work wherever I go. And I'm going to get these speeds. I'm not going to have drop calls. I'm, I'm, you know, 
it's, it's just going to work for, for my, for my life and for my business. So I, I pay for that tier. If I was not in that situation, wind, wind could work for me. Right. Um, and I would be, I would be benefiting greatly from it. Um, right. I, so th- there's another argument here and, and this is probably fodder for a, a, an entire podcast and then an editorial and then a tete-a-tete and then another podcast yeah. because this is all about um, the classification of mobile as an essential service similar mm-hmm. to, you know, public transit and healthcare and, you know, access to, mm-hmm. um, you know, a- access to essential services like um, garbage collection and yeah. all that stuff. Access to digital infrastructure. Right. And so Canada has a digital plan, right? This is something that the federal government has worked on for years. They have this 30-year plan where they have all of these things that they need to get done. They, they want to make broadband, a uh, 5 megabit broadband universally accessible to low-income people in rural areas. That number is ridiculously uh, low. It should be 10 megabits or 20 megabits, but that's a different thing. But the argument here is that you know mobile should be an essential service and that for people under a certain income level, I believe mobile should be subsidized by the government like many other um, services. Uh, you know, there's, there's welfare, there's um, EI, there's a lot of these kind of social, you know, socialist leaning services that Canada offers. And mobile is one of them that I think should be an essential service. Maybe that makes me a pinko commie. I don't know. But I think that uh, for people who deserve, everybody deserves to be um, accessible with a cell phone or a smartphone. And I think that, you know, this is something that, that should happen. It's probably not going to happen uh, anytime soon. Well, say, no, but, to, to follow up, you're, A, you are a pink Okami, um, but you're, you're correct. And living in a socialist nation where we have a social contract uh, that, you know, it's, we are in an age where uh, access to information uh, regardless of location, provides tremendous opportunities, but more importantly, a restriction of access to those to that information um, is a, is a limitation of the last century. Um, in in a way that puts you so far behind um, the rest of your society that it it might not impede your health in the way that access to clean water or electricity would, in terms of your your lifespan. But uh, quality of life, um, economic opportunities, um, the opportunities for your children, very much so. Like my, my life has completely been changed by the capacity for me to do my job from anywhere in Canada. Uh, whether that's from home right now, podcasting, from the office, uh, on the road, you know, internationally. Like it's, it's, it, it's a game changer. So to provide, you know, all Canadians that opportunity to just have basic access to uh, the information that kind of drives the pulse of the 21st century um, is a significant thing. I don't think there's any question that mobile and access to mobile infrastructure has become to many people as essential as running water and electricity. I know a lot of people who never leave their phones more than five or ten feet from their person who go to sleep with their phones who wake up and check their phones the first thing in the morning i do that i know you know probably you do that and everybody in our office does that i think that it's a reality that we rely on these things if not as a crutch then at least as um this i mean and and, and 
addiction to smartphones is, is another separate topic that we can get to on another podcast. But I, a lot of people experience anxiety when they don't have their smartphones nearby. But I think, uh, you know, above and beyond that, there is there is this understanding that in a developed nation, but especially in developing nations where access to hard internet infrastructure is is impossible that mobile is changing everybody's lives yeah well yeah so put it frame it the other way because i know people like the easy um kind of criticism is like oh we're just addicted to our smartphones but in a developed nation in our nation predominantly um and there are uh, a lot of people who don't have this privilege in our nation but uh for the majority Going off the grid, disconnecting is a privilege, right? So living in an environment where you have continuous uh, and ubiquitous access to information that can benefit you or fuel your, your job and, and your lifestyle, in, in that scenario, shutting that off, you know, I, we shared the, the, the Verge article today about, you know, going off Slack for a week is, is, is a privilege, um, so in the, those under, underdeveloped parts of the world where, you know, look at it this way. They can't do, they can't do mobile banking. They don't have banks. Like, they, they can't, they have to physically go and transfer money, um, like, from place to place because there's no digital infrastructure to um, wirelessly transfer. Like, if I had, if I had to go um, from here to, like, Etobicoke or farther every day to go pick up a physical check and then find a place to cash it so I could feed my family... That's a very different thing than being able to like log in, accept that, and transfer that money from my phone while you know watching something on the bus. Um, so yeah, we have I, to, we have to understand our privilege in that regard. And I I don't take that privilege for granted. I think it's a privilege that I get to write about this really cool and emerging industry for my job. Um, but what's what's so fascinating is that something that everybody has coveted in such a short amount of time not only enables my job it's i mean it's such a meta argument right because the industry enables my job by virtue of its existence but the actual technology the fact that i have a phone on me that i can act as that can act as a hotspot to the internet so that i can perform my job's functions from anywhere with a cell phone signal Mm -hmm. means that that whole circle of life is you know it's it's a self-perpetuating cycle i wouldn't be able to do my job without this amazing computer in my pocket but the industry itself wouldn't be able to exist if the demand for it wasn't so high well and also the 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 wealth of a nation to to fill that gap right but i mean <laughs> so we to can be able look to at like i mean we talk about wind as being a discount carrier but if you look at companies or telcos in india or china where they are developing smartphones for $50. Or if you look at initiatives like Android One, where Google is partnering with these um, small homegrown mm-hmm. OEMs to develop um, Android One handsets that cost 50 to $100 that give them access to Google Play services in countries that normally wouldn't have it. You know, these are the kinds of benefits that you know, just mobile as an industry is affording. We, you know, we can talk about um, the changes, you know, coming to the developed markets like Canada. Um, and, you know, we can talk about $860 Note 5s. 
but more importantly are the $60, you know, Note 5 knockoffs made by Xiaomi and yes. Lenovo and, and Huawei and HTC. And those are the kinds of phones, you know, that we scoff at because, oh, yeah, they're just copying the big guys like Apple and Samsung. But they're changing lives and they're changing lives for the better. And I'm not, you know, I don't I, I didn't mean to make this preachy, but I mean, it really is amazing how quickly things are changing. Um, you know, so I think let's like bring it back to Canada and bring it back to win because I think that's that's kind of a good place to end. <laughs> bring it back to our mobile privilege. But um, the last thing we'll talk about today is a, a change made to wind. Uh, they've added a nine dollar data share add on uh, to their regular plan. So that means that uh, say you buy their thirty nine dollar back to school plan, you get unlimited call text and data. With that unlimited data, you get five gigabytes at high speed. So for them, high speed is 4G, which is HSBA+. It's about three to four megabits. It's not too bad. But now what you can do is you can buy a SIM from Wind, add this $9 add-on to your account, and share that data with a tablet, another phone, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a computer, whatever, that, you know, anything that has a SIM slot, up to five devices on the account, so four additional devices. This is them readying themselves to take on Rogers, Bell, and TELUS when they totally. finally launch an LTE network sometime, late, sometime early next year. So they're yeah. putting the place, they're putting the pieces in place to finally better compete with the big three. Yeah, and I think that's, that's probably the best final takeaway is that the, all of this for wind is positioning. And it's hopefully going to bring some actual change to the markets in BC, Ontario, and Alberta, which are sorely in need of some disruption. Yeah, when you know that narrative, like, is win the discount brand or is it just the least expensive option? That's you know? that's a really and and Wynn would argue that they're not a discount brand. They don't want to be perceived that way. They want to be perceived as a viable fourth competitor. So, you know, when they launch an LTE network, that could be the case. Should we end it there? Yeah, I think so. That's awesome. I love today's podcast. This was our 50th episode, and I think we get better and better every week. So Yeah, we talked about uh, all the things we wanted to talk about and mobile privilege. And uh, I think the lesson here for us, as always, is, uh, you know, uh, big things come from small beginnings, and we're much more articulate when we're sober. Word. <laughs> That's sad but true. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. My name is no, Daniel Bader. No, would it be Bader. more sad if we were if we were less articulate when we were sober? No, no, because then we'd be real reporters. Oh. Uh, my name is Daniel Bader at Journey Dan on Twitter. You can find us always on MobileSyrup.com. Douglas, where can people find you? At Tron, at Tron, at Tron, uh, MobileSyrup.com. Sometimes BetaKit.com. All the times. And thank you so much for listening. Shout out Igor. Shout out Jeff Broussard. Shout, Shout out, out Matt GG123. Travis Licious. Travis Licious. Shout out Matt Demers, whose name at the beginning of the podcast I totally spaced on. I'm so sorry, buddy. Very small chance you're listening to this, but if you ever come across <laughs> it later in life, I got you. Definitely not listening to it at this point. No, he was like, F those guys. <laughs> you're out. We'll never get another score e press release. Nope. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be back with another episode next week with some awesome wearables news. Stay tuned. By the way, I 
iPhone 6S event just got announced while we were potting September 9th in San Francisco. We'll see you there. Peace. Shout out Patrick Patterson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.